Hello, my name is Dylan, and this is the Heroes of Reality podcast, a place where I interview heroes of reality, of life, science, technology, and more, and I share the stories, lessons, journeys, inspiring you to be the hero of your reality. And in this podcast, I interviewed Drew Stern, owner and founder of Turn Up Your Awesome. We talk about his health journey across the world and some of the lessons that he got on finding your awesome, um, how to actually be both uncomfortable and filled with joy at the same time, and the little challenges he gives himself on a daily basis or when opportunities present themselves to be both courageous and kind, uh, to be willing to put himself out there as well as being filled with joy. And so it is my pleasure to introduce Drew Stern. Hey, Drew, thanks for joining me today, man. Yeah, man, right on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, excited to connect with you and rap with you. Um, we, you know, we met at a mutual friends party over in Venice and uh, really connected with you. Um, and uh, I was interested to learn a bit about, more about you and what you've been up to. But I do want to, before we got into that, you said today was a really weird day. And so I was curious why today was a really <laughs> weird day. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just start. Just to preface this here, we are, for starters, in quarantine. Yeah. Uh, we have been for two and a half weeks, three weeks now. I don't know, days are blending. Yeah, it's weird. But so it's just, um, it's like finding that routine to kind of keep yourself sane. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I just woke up feeling kind of funky, mm-hmm. which like I, ended, I, I, did, I didn't work out. And that kind of threw my whole, you know, flow off. But then just things started happening, you know, like I was just telling you, like, apparently, like, I'm actually staying at a buddy's right now and his hot water has never turned off in 10 years. It just turned off. I don't know why. So it's just like these things, like just really strange things have been happening all day. And uh, uncommon oddities, those types of things. And also it shifts. It's your perspective, too. Like, I, I totally had a thing where, like. To me, it's like I have a lot of like monkey in me and I need to work out that monkey. I need to like exert myself extremely. Otherwise, I, I build up all this energy. And it's like I've had days where like, you know, I, you know, uh, when I sit at home, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything besides watch Netflix. I'm going to I'm going to give me all the gifts of nothingness. And I'll sit there and at the very end, I'll just be, I'll just, I'll have this weird headache. I'll feel funky. Just a lot of odd things that like, it feels like you're like, oh, I'm going to give myself this gift. But at at the end, when you don't like exert yourself, you just get this weird energy. And then like all of a sudden Mm. now it starts coloring your day, which is odd. So I, I so, I so feel that because like I'll sit there and throw Netflix on. I'm like, all right, chill out. You got an hour, just like relax. And then you just find your monkey mind just going bananas and racing and, it's just like the ability to sit and really decompress, mm-hmm. I think has become a really challenging thing in these times. Well, it's like, what are you, so, doing, with, what are you doing with that time? Like when you say decompress, is decompress like sitting there and doing prayer, meditation, mantra, you know, uh, you know, uh, TM meditations, or is it, or is it watching entertaining psychological thrillers where it's on the edge of your seat? It's like, those are like... <laughs> It sounds yeah. the same, but it's not. And so it's, it's really, it's, I mean, we're all different, right? We all need different things. But like, what, what has been like for you, like, what helps I, you really decompress? Uh, for me, I like to go within. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really big into 
into meditation mm. and, and just stillness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's actually what this is offering everybody right now. Yes. The challenge with it is there's also, uh, everything on Netflix, the tiger King, um, all the other things that like people are now watching <laughs> that like, you got to watch this that thing. like crack. I know. Everyone's yeah. like, it's like, it's like, you're, it's like you're on this like little <laughs> Island, right? This little Island of self decompression and you're, and you're sitting there floated cross legging. Um, and then but around you is this torrent <laughs> of entertainment and distraction. And you got to like, let go of that. It's so hard, especially because nobody's watching you. You can't go to the gym to get the energy from the people. You can't go to like your favorite like mm-hmm. coffee shop to go and get that vibe. It's all got to be like self-motivated. And it's a, it's, it's a, some people are good at that and they, they, they got good rhythms and other people like for me, like I like going to places that have that energy. I like going to the gym to get yeah. the workout. I like going to the coffee shop to have that buzz of productivity. Right. And it's weird to like, just be at your house. It is a, it's an odd, <laughs> odd situation. Oh man. Yeah, man. In you, fact, in, in fact, in order to, to throw my energy back into a space of productivity or something, I actually decided I'm going to go grocery shopping. You know, I didn't really need much, but I just went, I just needed energy. And yeah. right, I'm like trying to avoid grocery stores right now, but I'm like, I'm going to change this energy. Up. Yeah. Here we go. It must yeah. be, it must be, might be why like, and I don't know because I'm might be super ignorant on the topic is like with women and they're like, you know what? I need to feel good. So I'm gonna go shopping. I'm gonna go like put on, I'm gonna get clothes. I'm gonna go out. I'm just gonna like go and do. And I think that might be like we're getting a little bit of that feel of like, we're kind of indoors and trapped and we have all this energy and like, what do we go and do with it? And it's like, you know, maybe not go try and close, but like, you know, go and stock up on life supplies and that kind of stuff because we need, we got to find a way to put this this energy to some some good use. Um, I noticed you sit cross-legged too. I've seen that on the, on the, on the thing. You're one of the very few other people that also, like I, it's my thinking position. I'm curious what got you into that cross-legged mm. position. Interesting. So I, I was cross-legged. Now I'm, I'm not really sure what you call this. Mm. But... Yeah, you'll notice I, I, I move around a lot, um, not because I'm uh, – it's not, not, I guess, anxiety or – I don't know. It's This is like something that has kind of occurred over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I know I, I briefly touched on this with you, uh, the journey that I've been on with uh, health. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> are, we, are we going there? <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 see where we go. All right, uh, I have I have I have, okay. and so please re- refresh my memory when you're talking about the journey you've been on with health. Okay, I liked where you're going before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the last, I mean, like it, it's really fascinating. I was I was really well on my entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my company Tuya, also known as Turn Up Your Awesome, and we took this thing across country on this really fun festival tour kicked ass. Like we were actually in front of people for a total of 24 days, did about hundred K. We're like, shit, we got something here. You know, now it's time to take a step back and we're like, let's build this thing into the next fucking Nike, but like mm-hmm. conscious and cool. Mm-hmm. And that's what we started to do. <laughs> and then, you know, as I say, life happens. Sure. And, um, I was actually, I needed, 
I was I was finding that I was well, okay. This actually goes a little bit deeper. So this dating back to when I was like eighteen, I was I mean I was like a varsity baseball player. And like for freshman year in high school, I, I probably would have got a college scholarship, college scholarship if I didn't think that partying was a priority my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was having a gathering and somebody came over and introduced me to what we all know now is Oxycontin. And that ultimately, like it didn't happen right away, of course, but that right there, like, like alter the course of, I guess the rest of like, you know what's gotten me here today. Mm. And the reason I bring that up is I was hooked on Oxycontin for two years, solid. And then at 20 years old, um, I lost my father and I basically dropped out of college and just said like, I need a break. I need a break from life. And my family had said to me at this point, like, you know, Drew, is there anything that you need? Um, and I said, yeah, I've, I've got a problem. Like I need help. And so that was the first time that I went to like an outpatient rehab Mm -hmm. and they put me on a medication called, uh, Subutex, which is kind of like for those who, you know, if you, if you've got somebody in your family who's been hooked on opioids, you've probably heard of this medication. Um, but it's kind of the Holy grail of what they give people to get off. It's like the new methadone, if you will. Okay. And yeah, it's supposed to be this like short stint type thing. But back then I think it was a little bit newer and, the doctor ended up keeping me on this stuff for five years. And so it turned into this long, like, just, this is a journey. And it's like five years later, I'm like, why? I mean, you, th- you need a pill, like, to get your day started, just to feel normal. You're not getting high. This is just simply about feeling good and normal. Yeah. And so, wow, we're kind of like going way back. We started at uh, how I'm sitting to make where we are. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, uh <laughs> And so, yeah, I mean, it just was this whole journey from, uh, you know, I, I got off of it. I, you know, at one point, I don't know if I should talk about everything in between of like how I was, you wanted to talk about my, my name. I oh, will get there. So it's just been a long journey and there's been, I've had like glimpses of like two years completely free of substances. Um, but somehow or another things just happen and I like kind of ended up back on this, this subutex again. Mm-hmm. And I, this is, and when, when I launched that tour of Tuya, I was taking this stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I got back, that's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to build this badass company. You know, at some point I got to resolve this part of my life. Let's do it now before this all happens. So like, I don't need to build something. It's successful. And I'd be like, Hey guys, I need to take some serious time off. Let's, let's not do that. So I took the time and there's a whole longer story there, but I flew, you know, to Israel to see this specialized doctor and did it, uh, this like kind of whole procedural thing and which was a wild experience in itself, but I didn't want to stress myself out. And so I kind of was traveling. I was just backpacking around Asia, mm-hmm. uh, about six months. I didn't know if it was gonna be a month or six months. I just knew I was going to be doing it until I felt good and ready to like come back and feel inspired and really, uh, you know, create and build to you into what I feel that it deserved to be. Mm. Um, and now, so yeah, I'm in Asia and 
I was actually in the jungles of Indonesia hiking with uh, wild orangutans, right? And yeah, I get out. Sounds and normal. It's like this really like <laughs> it was awesome, man. It's like in Sumatra, <laughs> you know. And you're like, you know, it's but the, the weirdest thing is like, you know, these places still like have like glimpses of Wi-Fi and stuff. And so I get back to the hostel. I just got out of like it was like a three day, you know, overnight trip. And I get a text message as soon as I turn my phone on and my friends are like, hey, we're in Bangladesh. You should come to Bangladesh. And uh, we're going to be working with Professor Mohammed Yunus. Um, are you familiar with I'm Mohammed Yunus? He is, he's like a modern day Gandhi when you sit with him. He's, um, he is really well known for microloans, microcredit, okay. the founder of Grameen Bank. Yeah, he's won the Nobel, he's a Nobel laureate. He's been wow. awarded everything from the world leader. Yeah, he's a pretty, he's a pretty amazing guy. And so, yeah, and they're going to go on a speaking tour mm-hmm. and inspire Bangladesh's youth, essentially. And so I was like, wow, well, this is a cool opportunity. I'm like, guys, I don't even have a freaking pair of jeans. Like, I am backpacking Asia. Like, I got board shorts, T-shirts, and flip-flops, you know? Like, what am I going to do? They're like, don't worry about it. Bangladesh is like a textile place. You can just buy the shit here, you know? And so I was just like, wow, uh, is this happening? And, yeah, I, I booked the flight. Uh-huh. I, or it was like probably like 6.30, 7 in the morning I get this text. By midnight, I was landing in Dhaka, Bangladesh. And... Uh, I do quite a bit of traveling mm-hmm. been to a lot of countries, but that's the closest thing I've had to like potential culture shock. It's, uh, is it the culture shock it, going it, from Asia or in going to Bangladesh, uh, India, or is it just, just being a U.S. citizen going to India? Just being, so there's some countries that you could just blend into, mm-hmm. you know, when you in Bangladesh as a white person, it's, I mean, you don't blend in. Everybody sees you. You're almost like a rock star yeah. just simply because you're because you're a white guy walking through Bangladesh. You are a rock star. People want to shake your hand. They want to get to know you. It's mind blowing. It's like, oh, this is what it feels like to be famous, you know. <laughs> yeah. And at first, it's like really lovely. You're like, oh, this is cool. Like, I feel good. And then other, and then you're like, you know, a week passes. You're like, okay, leave me alone. You know, stop. But it's. It is really cool. I mean, we had to go to like really rural villages out in the middle of, you know, Timbuktu and, you know, mothers handing us their babies, uh, you know, little kids just running up and like touching you just to see because your skin they've never seen like white people before, like literally. And it was just adorable, but like it was just fascinating. It was really cool. Yeah, it, it's it's weird. Was- go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, um, I, I totally get what you're saying. I was I was in Japan in a little rural area of Osaka and the same type of thing. They're looking at me like, oh, because blue-eyed white guy, right? And they're just like, you know, guy Jin, foreigner. And they're pointing at you. And it's, it is, it's, it's odd, right? And, but it gives you a different perspective, of, like, of, of you know, being an outsider, being a part of a, and being a part of a, you know, touring through a place, which is pretty cool. So you're saying why you were yeah. there and you're going through the experience. So. Yeah, this is coming back to all the way, like while I'm sitting here, the way that I sit oftentimes, although I do like to sit Indian style, but nonetheless, I was in Bangladesh and I was supposed to stay there for two weeks. Somehow I got coerced into staying for two months and like, you know, somewhere in the second month, I got incredibly sick and we don't really know what caused it. Ironically, I think they have like some, they have like an, uh, the American club over there. I don't know if you're familiar with American clubs, but it's like really Bangladesh is a dry country mm-hmm. and it's got a very, you know, stark culture to ours. And so they have a the American club over there where you can simply 
essentially behind like a fortress, like be an American, like take your shirt off, you know, jump in the pool, play tennis, yeah. have a bar, you know, you could just be American and just chill. Oh, sh- you can't do that anywhere else in the country. Wow. I didn't know that. And so, yeah, it's wild. They do it. It's, it's for expats, for expats that are like doing business trips over there and people that are teachers, et cetera. People like a place for them to congregate. And yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. And it's cool because you have to get sponsored and we were at this event and I met the U.S. ambassador uh, from DACA. And I just went up and like started shooting the shit with her. And she was super cool. It was uh, Ambassador Ber- Ber- Bernock? Bernocchi? Bernocchi? I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, I just like had the guts. I'm like, I just like literally emailed her. I'm like, hey, like, can you guys sponsor me for the American Club? I really want to get a membership here. And sure enough, like I, they're like, you can't get a better you know sponsor than that. Yeah. They don't just let anybody. And so the reason I bring that up is I think that the lettuce wraps that I ate there got me incredibly ill, like incredibly. Oh. And so like for about, ah, man, one night, the first night it started showing, I was stuck in DACA traffic and I was extremely nauseous. And while you might just say like, oh, okay, it sounds pretty horrible. If you just being in DACA traffic is torture in itself. It's bananas. I mean, you can go on YouTube and just look at videos. It's one of the most congested, if not the most congested city in the world. It's like they built roads, gave people cars and said, go. No (laughs) lights, no order. It's just like, I mean, you get into multiple car accidents going from one destination to the next. It's really crazy. And it's just, it's nauseating. It's so dizzying. And people are on their horns just jamming nonstop. I mean, it's enough to make you, you know, lose it Mm -hmm. and then put that on top you're sick and nauseous and you get hanging your heads out the window, you're vomiting everywhere. And it's just, your world is spinning. I mean, like the CIA could add that to their torture program. No joke. <laughs> and so I finally make it home and get to sleep, woke up at like two thirty, three in the morning. And like my body was clearly expelling something and just sweating bullets, but it was worse than it's ever been before. And I remember standing up to turn the fan on. And next thing I know, I woke up in a pool of blood. I literally just blacked out and crashed and my gashed my entire head open. Wow. Little did I know, I didn't realize even how bad it was. I just like got like, I was living with some people then and just took a ton of band-aids and was just like taping myself up and like went back to sleep. The very guy moved. Went to the hospital yeah. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Give me some duct tape. I got this. Exactly. Exactly. In the <laughs> hospital the next day, it's just like, what the heck? Like, how did you not come to us right away? Like it was, it was, it was too funny, but like it took me a solid two weeks to heal up. In fact, I had to extend my flights uh, because I was too ill to leave. But when I did, my next stop was uh, Thailand. This was going to be like my final part of my journey. Um, at least I thought. And about, you know, a few weeks into my trip in Thailand. Oh, real quick. After that moment of getting sick, my body began rejecting everything. Everything, I mean, except water. I could take a bite of an apple and I would, my stomach would literally, you know, look like a pregnant woman just it just internally implode you know yeah it was awful so i i couldn't eat anything and so that's that was just kind of that's what was happening at that moment fast forward a few weeks later in thailand and by the way having a shitty stomach when you're in thailand 
it sucks, man, because there's so much good food, like all this street food and stuff. All you want to do is yeah, it eat. It's supposed to be the land of like street food, right? Like I have, like boat it's noodles amazing. and things like that. Oh. Yeah, for like a oh. dollar. <laughs> it's amazing. And so – and like the problem was every time I wanted to yep. eat something, I knew that I would be down for the count for like at least four hours. So I didn't really – I tried not to eat too much. And uh, yeah. So, so it was, it was, it was really tough. It was really depressing, but I was still like on this journey. Cause like, remember I was getting off of this medication, you know, this, at this point I'd been off like four months now, uh, of this, the, the medication mm-hmm. and seizure I did was something that like kind of fast tracks you. Um, and lost my train of thought here. So you're um, trying to get healthy. You gotten sick. Um, you spent a couple yep. of, I don't know how long it's been, how many weeks it's been so far, but you made it from India to Thailand and you, you can't eat street food, which is super sad, which I'm, I, I feel terrible. That's, that's, <laughs> so what happened Bongo, after that? But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so a few weeks into the trip, I started having pelvic pain. In fact, I was going to do a water fast. They have like, you know, tons of these cool detox places over there. So I was going to do a seven day water fast. Mm. And the first day I got there, I started getting pelvic pain. Like I thought, like I thought I had a UTI infection. At least I got on Google and started searching, you know, and I thought I was sure I had a UTI infection. I went to a Thai hospital. They tested me. They're like, no, you, you don't have that. And so, oh, well, go back a week before this. And I was actually on a beach. This is in, uh, in Copenhagen. And I had this most beautiful moment. I had... I was watching a sunset and it sort of just clicked where I was like, holy cow, like I did it. Like I just beat this addiction. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling inspired right now. I feel so good. I'm ready to go home and, you know, take over the world. I mean, just so much joy, like tears of joy. Yeah. And that's the night I booked my flights home and for, for three weeks out. And then about a week and a half later, that's when the pelvic pain began. And so it was a pain in the ass for the last few weeks because you're like, it's like you gotta, uh, we don't have to go into all like, you know, the feeling of that, but it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And so I'm just like, ah, I got insurance. When I get back to the States, I'll take care of it. Well, when I got back to the States, little did I know that the journey was only just beginning. And it was a shit show. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been through two years of like in and out of hospitals, labs, like every type of doctor you can imagine from infectious disease to urologist, to GI, to this, to that. Did you find out what it was? And, well, it got so much worse. So like it was pelvic pain and gut issues. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into extreme like lower back pain and into my ass. So I couldn't lie down because uh, mm-hmm. it was just excruciating. I couldn't sit because it was excruciating. And then on top of the pelvic pain, it started to like my whole abdominal area mm-hmm. from, you know, like right above like your pubic area up. Yeah. Your whole abdominal region became extremely sensitive, not only internally, but externally. So it's like you ever have the worst sunburn in the world and you don't want to put a t-shirt on because mm-hmm. you feel every little rub. Yeah. 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 It's like that. So you just, you don't even want to wear, you couldn't even wear clothes. I'm not kidding. So I couldn't, I didn't wear a pair of pants for almost a year. Was it a parasite or was it, it sounds like something was crawling around in here. Uh, it, it surely felt like something was crawling around in me, but the doctors 
just couldn't figure it out. I mean, they were testing me for some weird shit, really yeah. weird shit. It's so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know with um, especially with like what you're not supposed to have in other countries are salads, things like that, because they they rinse it with the local water, right? And so the challenge is right. that you know you're having lettuce wraps and things like that, and you're like, oh, it's it's not meat, so at I can't go back. At the American embassy. I know. At the American embassy, it's they like, import all their food. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that the whole like rinsing water thing with like salads and things are are one of the things I've been trying yeah. to try to avoid when I'm when I'm out and about. Um. Wow. So what was the, like, I guess, what's the, the resolution? What happened along the, this journey of health? And do you, do you have? Yeah. So there was never really like any hard, uh, this is what it is, but I ultimately turned to Eastern medicine and I, I mean, I did everything from a 21 day water fast to mm. a ton of plant medicine to really going deep, like within and doing a lot of like just deep meditation. Um, just strict dietary. Uh, I mean, everything that I potentially could throw at it, you know, and you know, I, I, I'm still contending with bits of it, but Uh like not even remotely, uh, nothing, nothing like I was, you know, I've, I've done a lot of healing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, man. When you don't feel good, it's, it's, um, it, it moves things from the back burner to the front. Right. And you're like, I will do whatever it takes to, to figure out how to get, get past this. I mean, is I mean, was there things with that that like strengthened you, or did it? Did it, is there uh, some sort of like resolve that you've gotten from having to go through all this pain and all this all this suffering? Or you know what what has this you know this journey of health meant to you? Yeah, uh, you know while you're going through it, you certainly don't feel like you're learning lessons. <laughs> but yes, I've learned a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's taken a lot for me, but it's gifted me with so much as well. Yeah. Cause like when I was traveling Asia, I, I actually invested in some crypto and was, you know, doing well, mm-hmm. doing well for myself, felt really good. And I never really got to enjoy my spoils cause I was sick the whole time. But that's the only reason I was even able to fund my, you know, journey to like some searching for answers. And, um, yeah, when I look back, I've just, I've learned like there's just levels of like empathy and gratitude and compassion that I just, that aren't teachable. Mm. They're just, they're just not teachable. They're, you know, they're, I think when I interact with a lot of people, they're just like, you've done some healing and it's like, oh, I've just been through some shit. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's funny. Some things aren't teachable, but they're totally learnable. Do you know what I'm saying? Is like, like their yeah, gratitude and empathy that you can't be like, you should be more grateful. It's very like, oh, okay. Versus being in a situation where, you know, metaphorically you're stuck in the bottom of a well and you think you're going to die and someone throws you down a, a rope in order to climb out. And that sense of gratitude of being saved when there was no hope gives you a, 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 um, a mental anchor point of being grateful, right? For certain situations. So it's totally learnable. It's just not, it's very difficult to teach Right, it's more of an experience, experience, mm-hmm. experiential, <laughs> experiential type of thing. So, um, so, uh, so with that, so you you you've, you've had some some healing lessons going through the whole process. Yes, absolutely. By the way, that's why I I often sit the way that I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> circle to do full circle, just because there's still a little bit of like you know nerve pain. So I kind of uh, uh, yeah. uh, got it, got it. Okay, cool. Uh, it's it's yeah. I was curious that what. It, what you did is just, you know, sometimes it's like to get in like the, the Zen position or, or, or thinking like that, or it's some sort of like 
like um, mindfulness kind of habit. So curious about a couple of things. Um, one being, how did you recognize um, that you had an addiction with the, the, the pills that you're taking? What was the cue and when it was the indicator? And, you know, what allowed you to really open up and, and you know, and realize that, you know, because it's very, it's very vulnerable and it takes a lot of bravery to actually come out and admit that you have an issue with any of those types of things. How did you first recognize it? And then how did you take action upon it? Um, you know, it's one of those things where I think we all are like, oh, that would never happen to me, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's really, it happened so slowly, you know, it's like I, I did for the first time and then it was like six months later, I didn't do it again. And it's, you know, turns into like once every few months to once a month, next thing you know, you're, you're doing this stuff every day, multiple times a day. Yeah. And you're starting to realize I can't even like live or function without this stuff. So it then comes from like, it's just like, it's not about getting high. It's about just simply doing life. Yeah. And so I mean, there just comes a point where, I mean, thankfully I'm blessed. I come from, you know, a great family and, you know, I imagine my bottom is, you know, much higher than, than many other people's, you know, I didn't have to like, you know, end up on the street per se, but yeah, it, it, there's a lot of guilt and shame involved. And I used to, I used to be really shy and and not share this story. Mm -hmm. And now I really look at it as there's so many other people out there going through similar things. And I have so much, you know, I have so much to share and just let them know like, Hey, I've been there. If I can do this, you can certainly do this, you know? Yeah. So we all want to be perfect. Right. And social media and all those other things. It's weird. It's like, we are this, we are these two things, right? We, you know, we, we, we crave having this, like, you know, I've got my shit together vibe, right? I've got my shit together. I know what (laughs) I'm doing. Right. At the same time, we crave a deep, authentic connection with people. And if you're around a bunch of other people that have their shit together and there, there is nothing wrong with them. It's like, it can be motivating for you to get your shit together. But then at some point, you know, there's stretching versus breaking. If you feel like there's no error to be human, then you, you'll, you know, you'll repress a lot of the things that you got going on in your life versus being in a situation where it's like, I, I am, I am working on having my shit together and I am not perfect. And I have these issues that I, I recognize and I'm, I understand, and I'm going to work on those things to get those things better. But sometimes people never get to that. You know, they end up, you know, popping pills, popping, and they keep going to where now it's 80 a day and they're not telling anybody yeah. and they're a giant movie star person and they got to keep up this Bill Cosby persona and, and all the other drama that's icky creeps out through the edges kind of thing. And so I'm, you know, what I was curious on is like a lot of times it's, it's easy to come out and say, I'm awesome. I made a business. I travel the world. Aren't I dope? It's very hard to come on and say, um, you know, I, I've built something awesome. I've had some struggles. I'm human. And, 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 and this is how I was able to recognize that I had a problem. And, and to me, it's always very helpful. You know, I think a lot of people really crave is like, you know, we all struggle is, you know, understanding how someone, if they're afraid to take that step, if they're afraid to take that action, you know, how do you, you know, what, you know, what message or what advice would you give to somebody if they are having some sort of form of addiction and, and, and they don't know how to take that first step and they're living in this, you know, quiet abyss of, of self pain and, 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 and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, do you, do you have any recommendations for anybody that's like struggling in that area and trying to figure out how do I, how do I get out of this hole that I didn't realize I was digging? 
Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, (laughs) it sounds so simple when you're not in it, you know, but just ask for help. You know, there's, there's, that's really all you have to do is ask for help and, and help will typically be given to you, you know? And I think that it's a really scary thing. You know, that's a, you have to confront a lot of, a lot of that guilt and shame. You know, it's, I was, I mean, I didn't tell my family for so long because I was just humiliated. I was like, Oh, they're going to think so much less of me and I'm the fuck up of the family or this and that. And like the reality is I, I, as much as it's like altered the course of my life, I now look at it as it's such a gift because I've met so many incredible people as well along my journey. Mm. And, and often that, that was just because I was vulnerable, you know, and more often than not, I think I still, I still get really vulnerable with people. Mm -hmm. And those are, Oh, they, those always turn out to be the best relationships. You know, you just, it just allows like people to just drop deep and just get real with one another right away. So it's the range, man. It's the range of the communication. It's, it's, it's like, hey, I'm working on being awesome and I fuck up. <laughs> it happens. Hey, what are you going to do? Right. Like it's it's and, yeah. and it makes it lets you know, like, oh, OK, you're a human. We can have a conversation. I don't have to like I can take off my you know, I, I can take off my mask of being perfect and awesome. And I can, you know, have this 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 uh, real conversation. And, you know, and, you know, we all like whether it's entrepreneurship or, or personal health and things like that, you know, for me, like I'm, you know, with this whole like being in lockdown, it's it's hard for me to get the the physical health thing going. Like it's easy for me to go mm. to a gym and go and work out. But I'm struggling with like getting up and getting the energy to like like work out in, at my place. Like I, I can't find that juice. And so I'm trying to find how do I how do I get that momentum? How do I get that energy and, and leverage the momentum of other people? to, to get that health vibe rolling or stay on track with organization. It's, it's a, it's a struggle. And so, um, you know, I, I like when I have conversations like this to hear other people talk about the stuff and mean like, you know, how do you, you know, how do you work on these things? How do you, you know, and that's why when I was asking the questions about the, the health bit is like, you know, what are advice and the things it's go ahead. Yeah, no, I just think, I, I think it's so critical to have people in your corner. Mm-hmm. You, you need to have like a support system, whether that's, you know, family, friends, you know, for me, it's, it's mostly my friends, you know, my yeah. mom as well, but like, it's like, you don't want to burn in them too much, you know? So it's really good to have like some good friends that can handle it. Cause a lot of people don't know how to, they don't, they want to be there for you, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to actually handle it. Yeah. And oftentimes they don't realize it's like, I don't need you to do anything for, for me. I just need you to listen just to be there for me. That in itself is so helpful. It's you know, so, it's so hard as a guy. I don't know if it's a guy yeah. or my maker nature. I always want to <laughs> fix something. Oh, let me wait, wait. No, no. Okay. If you just do two sticks and a piece of tape, you'll just fix it up real quick. You know, it's like, it's not always yeah. the case. Do you have any, um, do you have any like social things? Like any, like, uh, like, cause you talk about having people be there for you. I mean, are there any like, tips or tricks or things that you've been doing lately, um, in the social category to stay connected with people, to, um, you know, feel that, uh, sensation to have people be in your corner or for you to be in other people's corner. Is there anything you've been up to lately, um, to keep that Uh, social strength? While we're in quarantine here? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so, it's wild. I feel like sometimes we're, we have the option to be busier in quarantine than we weren't like, than, than we were prior. I feel like I'm getting hit with like Zoom calls and dance parties and, you know, workshops. And I, I just like, it's kind of overload. I'm like, whoa, I really want to go to that. Oh shoot, I really want to go to that. No, 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 stop. But it's like, I find myself, I find myself being really selective, but I'll like log on to ones that I really don't even know anybody mm-hmm. and actually engage. Mm. And like, I've actually met like some really cool people doing this just online. I've never even met them in person, but I like, we've already like, like even off the zoom, we're like now friends and we're connected and it's just like, Whoa, That's what cool. just happened here? How, do, you have any, cool. do you have any good like zoom icebreakers or anything? Like, cause, it, cause it, it, we are in this weird new <laughs> digital, digital connected age. I'm, I'm just curious. Cause like, um, I, you know, I, I jumped into a zoom today where I didn't like know anybody, but I really couldn't chat. They like locked it all out where you couldn't chat with people. You couldn't do that. And it felt very like, like isolated. I was like, ah, I'm out of here. But I would be curious about like, if you have any, like if you're joining random zooms, like how do you be social in this like digital era of like zoom connections and things? You know, I, I try to find line between being mindful of uh-huh. like the space, but also like, you know, being, um, how would I put this? Mm, I mean, I'll sometimes hop on like a zoom call and like when I just get on it, you know, cause it's usually still early. I mean, they haven't really started. I'm like, what up guys? Like, you know, or whatever, <laughs> just something like super energetic or be like, who the hell is this guy? Just make your mark like right away. Yeah. And then people are like, you know, want to engage and chat with you. That's good. That's a good, that's a good move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that Kramer sliding through a door thing. You're like, what up everybody? Hey. Yeah. And I was like, oh. We've got some new energy and, 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 and sometimes that's, that's totally needed in those types of, cause some, some people are so buttoned up, right? They don't want to step on toes. Um, I'd love to kind of shift gears here and talk a little bit about, you talked about turn up your awesome. Um, um, and you said you want to be the kind of a conscious Nike. Um, you know, what, what, you know, what was turn up the awesome, you know, is it an apparel brand specifically? Is it like, um, you know, and, and, you know, how did that evolve, um, as a company? You know, it, so really it, it started when a few buddies and I were living out in Vail, Colorado mm-hmm. and, you know, out there you're, you're a ski bum, but you're living like a rock star, you know, you're snowboarding all mm-hmm. my day. You yeah. work your, you know, server job at night, make a shit ton of money. Yes go out to the bar drink, you know, like wash, rinse, repeat. And it's, it's great. Cause you really get to live. Uh, it's, it's really fun. Yes. But, and there's, there's kind of a saying out there. It's like your vacation is my life or my life is your vacation. You know, people are paying like $30,000. The average family, I believe spends $30,000 a week to come out to Vail, Colorado. And you see people on the, like on the gondolas and the lifts and they're fighting. You're like, Jesus, you guys are in those one of the most beautiful places in the world. Like stop bickering, you know? And I just, and it's just like, I think so many people kind of, they, and like, or people with their families and like, you know, one of like, maybe I'll just use the guy, like, you know, husband's like on the phone doing business. And it's just like, I think sometimes we forget why we're doing what we're even doing, you know? Mm. And it's like, we get so stuck in it and it's stuck in the rat race. And for me, I'm, um, I, I just, I refuse to kind of accept a, a life of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And like, I've always kind of had this mentality since I was young is if it's not fun, why do it? 
you know, I think, and that's really been like my driving factor. And that's really, I mean, I used to like manage several Ben and Jerry's. Uh, they wanted to give me like, you know, additional stores uh-huh. and like giving me, yeah, it was like $130,000 and I'm like 23 years old. What did I do? I quit yeah. right then. <laughs> I quit and went off to firefighting school. <laughs> I'm oh. just like, that sounds cool. <laughs> you know? so it's just like... <laughs> wait, how, wait, why? What? How? Wait, hold on a second. How did you go from... Dairy Queen to firefighting, like what hey, was Ben what, and Jerry's? Yeah, ben and Jerry's. Ben, sorry, sorry, <clears throat> Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. <laughs> Get a letter from Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> How do you make that jump from ice cream to firefighting? Well, I mean, at this point in my life, because I just like to do things that are purposeful. Something that I'm gonna look at the end of the day. You know, it's nice to have money. There's no doubt about that, but that's not how people are going to remember you. You know, people are going to remember you by like just your character, who you are, like how you've shown up um, and how you make them feel. And just like, yeah. So for me, it's, it's just been about character building uh, experiences. And yeah, I can look back and say, I wish I spent a little bit more time on the money angle, <laughs> but um, it's just really great life skills to have, I suppose. Like, I mean, uh, at this particular point, I needed some structure in my life. At least that's what I was telling myself. And so I decided to become an EMT and a firefighter. That was actually, you know, I think 2008 when the economy imploded. And then I got this really unique offer to go and work with the Tel Aviv Fire Department in Israel. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. Let's do that. And that was volunteering. Are you talking about? Do you, I mean, do you have some sort of like, like heritage or connection with Tel Aviv? Or how'd you end up with the Tel Aviv? Like, yeah, I mean, I am Jewish, uh-huh. and the only other connection I had with it was eleven months prior. You know, I, I did, uh, you know, Tagleet or, or birthright. Are you familiar? Nope. Yeah, so we're lucky. You know, if you're born Jewish, you essentially get like a free spring break around Israel, like airfare and everything, like from the states take you on a bus with forty other people your age, and they take you to all the cool spots, and it's a freaking blast. It's all paid. <laughs> It's incredible. Wow. So I was like, wow, it's a cool country. And like, it's really, I mean, it's just an incredible country. And I didn't know I was going to be there 11 months later living there, but it's just seemed like a really appealing thing. Tel Aviv is actually one of my favorite cities in the world. And so that's what brought you back to go there and get the, um, the holistic train, um, the medicine, the care. Cause you said you were in, I believe you're in Tel Aviv to go through some sort of, um, treatment. that was actually it's strange that's not really tied together it was more i was just looking for something different uh i know like traditional rehab stuff didn't work Uh, for me yeah i don't really into that whole system and i was just gouging like the internet looking for something different and i found this one doctor over there who has been on like the cutting edge doing this stuff for a long time got it okay happened to be israel got it okay i was curious if there's, there's a connection there Got it. So you, yeah. so you got your um, EMT's license, and you became a, a trained firefighter. Did you run into any burning buildings at all, or did you, did you like? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, so first, like EMT, right? You go to you go to uh, EMT school, and I was like an eager beaver, and you know I did well in my EMT school, but like, and firefighting, I was number one in my class, and. My first clinical, because you have to go do clinicals, right? Mm. And you actually go to the hospital and you work a shift. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we need a volunteer. And I was like, yeah. 
I'm here. Let's do it. And they grabbed like four of us and brought us into this room. And it was this like, I mean, massive woman. She must have been like 500 pounds and like in a coma. And they're like, okay, if you four, like we need a volunteer. And of course I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And she's like, okay, great. We need her internal temperature. We need her core temp. I'm like, oh, (laughs) and you get where I'm going with it. And essentially like, you know, gave me a thermometer and said, put it in her mouth. Right. I was just like, Uh, (laughs) yeah, in her mouth. Exactly. Clearly, clearly that's where the story's going. Uh, Yeah. It was just like one of those experiences, like what the heck? But it was, it was also really humbling. It It was cool. But yeah, that, I don't know why I went there, but well, yeah, it's, uh, it, you ran out of a burning building. Um, that's um, I could uh, I could see that being uh, definitely like, do you really? We call those and uh, the Joseph Campbell world threshold guardians. Do you really want to be here? Are you really into it? Great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here's your thermometer. <laughs> Show me what you got because it's, it's not all about the glory, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The, that whole service world thing, man. Like it's I, I have. Um, you know, I used to be a part of the whole service world for a number of years, um, both in like like hotels and in the food business. And there, that glory position of uh, serve by day, party by night, make just enough money to keep partying. That thing, it's it's a it's a wonderful like hack to be at the top, right? Because you're making a bunch of great money, you put in a little bit of effort, you're with a bunch of attractive people, and all you guys wanna do is get blasted. Having a lot be- of fun. And having a lot of fun because yeah. it's super like intense service and then often party, but it is, it's very difficult to get past that and to recognize that you're like, hey, um, this is wonderful and glorious, but I need to go do something that's that's gonna basically challenge me and meaning and purpose is great, but also like the, if you don't have that like structure of grit and difficulty, right? There's no like um, um, in the the server world, uh, you know, it's all about you know I made my tips, I'm gonna have my party, but there's no structure around like 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 team, like we're working together to to fight fires, we're working together to save a life. <laughs> it's like there's it's it's a very different dynamic. What were the, like right. w- along that path of going through? And- Although I do believe that I do believe that every person should have to partake in the service industry at some point in their lives. It, it, it gives you. It, there's several amazing things that it can. It gives you. Uh, I've seen some of the best people with the highest EQ are bartenders. People that have some of the best <clears throat> social emotional development skills are dudes that get drunk with other people on a regular basis and then just listen to them talk and hold up a conversation. That's a master class in and of itself. And then also like, there's a bunch of other, uh, I think very useful benefits of, but I'd say in terms of like social EQ development, like um, uh, the school of server and hospitality is is super critical. But one of the challenges is you don't get that, that grittiness, right? You don't get that like team dynamics of like running into a dangerous situation. It's all about service, right? And you get a little like jaded to that experience. And usually the, some of the most, um, um, I don't want to call them um, anti-social people are people that spend a really long time in the service business and they just hate people because they have to serve people. It now becomes a grind, mm-hmm. right? And they talk yeah. about like, um, I talked about it before, but uh, you know, uh, you're a professional when you do the things you love to do, even when you don't love to do it. And so after a while, someone might love people. So they became a bartender, but then they just it's just every day and then you just learn to hate it and you know, and you got to find a way to, um, relove it. Yeah. So 
what were some, when you became a firefighter and you jumped into burning buildings and you faced that one threshold guardian, were there any other moments or any other lessons along that journey of jumping into buildings and, and things like that, that were, that stood out to you of like, holy shit, like I am, I, I, I'm not in, you know, I'm not a server anymore. I'm no longer living that lifestyle. I'm, I'm doing something intense, scary, meaningful, dangerous, difficult, risky, something that stood out to you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I suppose I really never like, yeah, I I can, I I picture a lot of moments when I was in Israel and especially since I didn't speak Hebrew, Mm -hmm. you know, I always got to go into the fire, you know, I didn't have to go around like getting people out of buildings or talking to people or whatnot. I always got to go into the fire and there's really something special. Like when you're in a building and there's just fire, like on the walls, like surrounding you on the ceiling above, I mean, it is just mind blowing. It really is like a just mind-blowing experience but i never really like thought to myself i mean you, you know the job is dangerous but it just seemed more adventurous and fun and you're also like you know doing it for the guys next to you you know it's like it's like a brotherhood yeah. brother and sisterhood it's really cool but i mean like at the end of the day i chose to you know not continue with that because i see something you know greater for for myself mm-hmm. and naturally I'm an entrepreneur as well. And you've got to take orders and stay in one location. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a global traveler. So I'm, you're not going to keep me in one location for 20 years, you know, working for a pension. It's just not going to happen. Yep. But which is why I like eventually ended out in Colorado. Um, got a shift back in that direction and, you know, decided to build, turn up your awesome. Yeah, man. The, uh, just touching on the the fire um, fire business, man. I gotta imagine that um, being there not only for the brotherhood and the connections and the stories and the memories and and the danger and the excitement and all that stuff, but I imagine that um, um, being a firefighter probably um, uh, it's looked down. It's gets, looked, gets you gets you all the ladies. Yeah, yes. especially Israel, uh, the land of beautiful <laughs> women. Um, I was just imagining. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, as you're talking, about, like I'm doing it for my brothers. I'm doing it on fire. I'm like. I'm thinking about what kind of thing he's like, he's like, you're like, it's like, it's a good spot to be a hero. We'll just put it that way. Um, so yeah. I'm sorry. It's just a side, you know, random guy thought that, <laughs> that flittered through my head for a hot second that I wanted to just meet my base desires for a moment. Um, okay. Shifting back, bringing it back. So you, you end up, you end up ditching the fire. Cause I totally agree with you in the whole level of like, being an entrepreneur, part of it is you don't like listening to other people and also you got a lot of energy. And so you want to apply a lot of energy and not listen to people. It's like, welcome to be an entrepreneur. It's like spin 15 different plates yeah. and, and go into this brave unknown without knowing what to do. So uh, totally resonate mm. with that. With coming back and turning up your awesome, you went back to Colorado and now you're like, great, I'm going to create a brand or I'm going to be an entrepreneur or what was the, the steps that laid out for you for that? Wait, can you, can you repeat that real quick? Sure. I lost audio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so just saying, you left Tel Aviv as a firefighter, naturally, and then you came over to the U.S. Uh, in Colorado to open up and, and create the brand Turn Up Your Awesome. Uh, what happened with that? What were the steps? And uh, how'd that get going? Yeah, it didn't exactly happen. You know, there was many, many years in between there. Sure, sure. But uh, yeah, how did I end up in Colorado? You know, it's like, I went and traveled like Central and South America for a while. Yeah. So I sort of like, I'd lived there when I took a sabbatical from college and I was younger, I lived in Breckenridge 
And so I just fell in love with Colorado from like a young age, even visiting family out there. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, at some other point in my life, I just decided, you know, I want to be back in nature. And for me, I, I've always needed to be near an ocean or a mountain. That's yeah. kind of my rule in life, you know? Totally. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, let's, let's give Vail a shot. That'd be a lot of fun, you know? And I'm a huge snowboarder. Yeah. And so, yeah, I ended up back out in Vail and, you know, for, for a minute was doing the, that service routine we, we kind of talk about. Um, but, and, and actually a lot of the people I was just talking with, but before we even got on, uh, a lot of my friends who were there, wow, it was like six, six years ago, even more, it was like eight years ago that I, I left eight years ago, something like that. They're still there. You know, it's just like a really easy routine to get stuck in. Totally. So, but for, for me, like, look, Vail, all these college or these colleges, ski towns are great, but there's not a huge amount of, uh, not a lot of room for growth mm-hmm. and ski towns are notoriously lacking, you know, pretty women or at least an abundance of women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I just, I really, I really wanted to, my father always kind of lit the entrepreneurial spirit inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, from a young, I, I had stories, um, <laughs> kind of going all sorts of directions right now, Sure, but I, it was really more about my passion for people. People would reflect back at me that I always was showing up with joy and that I always, you know, brought so much good energy and that yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't settle. I didn't settle for anything but the best and anything that I did. And so, you know, a few friends and I, we just, we knew like we wanted to do something. We didn't really know what that was, but then turn up your awesome was born. Um, and yeah. And so I just decided, you know what, this, this is definitely like, you kind of like, it's, it's funny. I hear the name turn up your awesome now, and it doesn't sound as sexy as it used to. But I know like a lot of people here for the first time and they're like, dude, that's freaking awesome. And I'm like, I know I felt that once, but like, I don't really feel that. Like I know I embodied, I know what it means. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, dude. And so. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you say something over and over and over and over again. And then you, you, you basically get numb to the words. You yeah. say the words so many times you don't feel anything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. And so I'm just on a mission right now to, you know, bring, it's, it's more than a message of positivity. It's really, I look at to you as not like necessarily an apparel brand, even though that's one component, it's, it's like, it's an invitation. It's, it's a challenge. It's a way of being, you know? And so like, yeah, I, I'm actually looking at as we gear up to really reactivate the brand once again, um, I think content's going to be a really, really large part about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, the apparel is cool cause it allows, it, it kind of build, it, it helps kind of connect the community. Mm-hmm. So is the message for turn up your awesome, uh, around like, you know, be your best self, you know, be cool to other people. Is there like a, is there a credo or a thing that, that, that is, um, is a more wordy version that describes the essence of what, what turn up your awesome is? Yeah. We say, you know, it's like to, you know, like challenge people to live to their highest potential or, but for me, it really embodies so much more. And it's, yeah, it's, it's about like going out and living your most extraordinary life, but it, it's, it's also about embodying, you know, vulnerability 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's really about embodying compassion. It's about being a good human being, mm-hmm. but other elements as well about being playful. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I, again, like if it's, I don't know why we're on this planet. If it's not to have fun, I truly don't understand what other reason we're on this planet. And I've thought about this like countless hours, sober, yeah. psychedelics, you know, all of it. And it's just yeah. like, we're here to, we're here to enjoy ourselves, you know? I mean, unless you're some like super religious person, maybe you have something else, but like, I think we're here to enjoy ourselves. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, that's, that's really like the core message as well. It's just like, Hey man, like don't, I I don't really bind this whole system of people working their asses off just so they can go retire at an older age. It's like, no, have fun now. You could do it now, all of it. And if you're going to spend even like your, if you're going to spend a huge portion of your life working a job, right. Then is it going to, is it something that you absolutely love and you're stoked to get out of bed in the morning and like, you're like, hell yeah. Or are you miserable? You know? And it's like job. What, like for me, it's like, you know, it's, you know, joy of being. Hmm. I don't really, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. Joy of being. Everyone plays, you know, everyone's trying to win the game of life. Right. And some try, some people try to do it with the most zeros in the bank you know, other people try to do it by helping the most other people. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and some people do it with, you know, how much laughter and, and joy they can give. Like, you know, would you describe your, your game as like the game of playfulness? Like, like seeing if you can, you know, how many, how many smiles you can give or, you know, uh, cause being your best self doesn't always mean you're the most joyful, right? Sometimes people live, they get very, you know, my best self is I win every day and screw everybody else. And I'm going to be number one King oil monkey, you know? So like, what's the, what's the game that you describe yourself playing? Um, yeah, I think, I think play is, yeah, definitely a huge component of it. Mm-hmm. It's <sighs> rephrase the question. The question is more or less is, you know, you know, what's the game that you play to, to win, to win the game of oh. life? You know, what's your, uh-huh. Your, yeah. If not, another question would be around that is what's your holy grail? As both those questions are in the same same vein. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. I want to like I want my last breath on Earth to be me saying like "fuck yes, that was an awesome ride." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I don't want I don't want to like you know be an old man and be like having all these regrets and just like I want to like I want to live it. Like let's do this. It, it reminds me of the scene from Hook. I don't know if you remember Hook, Robin Williams, the old like uh, boy, um, uh, Hook. Um, you had uh, Peter Pan with Robin Williams, yeah. the movie Hook. At the very end, there's this one of the kids. He's like, that was a great game, right? And he's just like, that was awesome. They did the whole adventure. But that's what, that's what I mean, if I was to sum it up, and that's kind of the, the, the vibe I'm getting is, you know, it's you, you're just there to enjoy, enjoy the, the adventure. So yeah. with that... And I, I, I totally agree with that. Like very often is someone on their deathbed going, oh man, if only I could have got in and gotten 12 more hours of work, then I'd, I'd feel so much better ending on, on that note. Um, with turning up your awesome and you're saying you want people to be their best selves and you want to create this joy. I want people... Yeah, to stand in their own greatness, to get out of their way and give themselves permission to really step into their greatness. Yeah. How would you recommend people like, you know, with or without your 
your brand, you know, what would you recommend people doing to, to really step into, how do you, is there any types of daily, weekly activities or things that you do, rituals, behaviors, or things that, you know, um, keep you focused on that North Star, keep you rechecking yourself, understanding that you want to live from a place of joy, resetting, reframing, you know, as you go through all these struggles, are there, are there daily, weekly activities that keep that, that, that joyous spirit of yours alive and thriving? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Other, other, um, other than porn? I mean, I, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, I, I think like, I mean, a morning routine is so critical. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like during my morning routines, I just, it's like, I always at least have the two M's, meditation and movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's like, I'm always, I'm always striving to learn something new. I'm always trying to, you know, kind of do something that scares me. I'm really just always pushing my own limits, getting outside of my comfort zone. You know, that's really like the gauge. It's like, how, how far out of my comfort zone have I gotten recently? And that's, here's a question for you. With that, getting outside of your comfort zone and being filled with joy are about exact opposites as they can get. <laughs> they really are. I, I, see, well, so like a lot of people are like, oh, I just want to sit home and watch Netflix and make things that have me have me laugh and have a good time. See, to me, uh-huh. to me, that's that's mediocrity. OK, OK. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's so, a mediocrity. And we all can, accept it in certain areas of our life. Can you describe to me a time then that you were outside of your comfort zone and which means you were very uncomfortable and you were able to fill yourself with joy or check yourself and be able to fill yourself up with joy. Cause that is something I'd be super curious about. Cause it's not about being productive, right? And it's not about being joyful or pleasant. It's about being able to balance those two things at the same time, being uncomfortable, but also being cool with it. It's one thing to be, I'm uncomfortable. My life sucks. This whole thing sucks, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> right. It's another thing. I'm joyous and I'm just sitting on my ass, make myself laugh. It's the balance between those two. So what I'm curious about is, do you have times or examples that you can share with us that are both outside your comfortable zone and also being able to keep that joyous attitude? Hmm. Well, it's a good question. It's a tricky, it's a tricky, hard question. And I don't, I don't, and I'm not saying that you necessarily have that. And you know, sometimes it's, it can be a cyclical cycle where you do something really intense, you go through it. And then it's really kind of like, like the way I feel yoga is like, I don't look forward to yoga at all. I look forward to the aftermath of yoga, of that glow. And I'm not in a sense of joy at all. I'm doing yoga. I'm just like, I'm too fat. I shouldn't have had that snack, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, man, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, oftentimes I think, you know, it's like, you you know that's where you should be going. So for me, I guess, to actually go back to, you know, what you asked before, mm. when I feel resistance, mm. I know I'm going in the right direction. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something I think that takes a lot of practice mm. and that in itself, you know, I think will, I think that will take you to really a lot of great places in your life. Cause it's, it's just, those are the things. Yeah. No, I, 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 questions about that is how do you, you, to me, like you strike me as a very intuitive person, someone that does a lot of gut checks, right? And you, and you stop and you reflect back and go, okay, how do I feel about this? Okay, Roger that, and then you use that as a guiding light to propel yourself forward, 
right? And so my question uh, uh, around this is, you know, are there any ways that, you know, is there a certain set of times that you go through that you do a gut check? Like what, what is the trigger that allows you to do a gut check? Right. So is it, is it, Oh, I just get this feeling and I'm feeling resistance. And so I think about resistance. Is it an alarm goes off at three 30 every day and go, how am I feeling? What are those triggers and those cues that to allow you to reflect inwards, to understand where you at so that you can then go, Oh, I am feeling resistance. I'm going to go this way. Oh, I am feeling not like I'm, I'm challenged myself enough or mm-hmm. what are those, those, those trigger behaviors and how do you, how do you become more intuitive? I mean, I think sometimes they're very obvious you know, and mm. others not so much. I mean, for instance, I mean, typically like if I'm going to wake up early in the morning, like I know if I, if I leave it to make a game time decision in the morning, it's not happening. It's a commitment that you make the night before for mm. sure. But like if I'm, and this has been a really big pattern in my life, um, where somebody's like inviting me to, to go out or, you know, there's some social gathering going on. I'm just exhausted. And I don't want to go. It's the last thing I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, no dude, just go. And, and more often than not, that's really when the magic happens. Totally. It's just like life kind of like, you know, throwing that little hurdle up and seeing if you're ready. Yeah. So I think like there's, I mean, it just really depends on like, every situation is going to, you know, give you different context of how it's going to feel. But yeah, I mean, there is the, the workout one where it's like, uh, I really don't want to go to yoga right now. But that means I'm going, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like that's the, that's such the, the, the monumental difference between people that at the end of their, their life, their day, their week, their month, whatever, they get a sense of fulfillment is the being able to recognize, is this activity something that is going to overall leave me in a better position or is it not like, for example, uh, uh, running um, Ben and Jerry's, you know, it is a hard activity, and you could view that as like, well, I need a challenge, and I need to get my 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 big boy pants on, and I need to go and do this. Hey, and so, man, I, I mean, I sat in the back, got high, and, and made crafted like the world's best milkshakes. But yeah, it was hard. <laughs> but they, but what I'm saying is that it's 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 <laughs> con- yes, the the devils are in the details. Context is everything, all that <laughs> stuff. But so a lot true. of times, people view things and they're like, hey, um. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, um, uh, I'm going to do this thing because I want to give myself the gift of watching Netflix all day. But you call it mediocrity. So you have a different label of what that means. But a lot of people, uh, you know what I'm saying, is that you're able to view so, certain activities. Yeah, go ahead. See, I think there's a difference, though, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I don't think just because you're watching Netflix. I mean, heck, I watched some Netflix today. I don't think that just because you're watching Netflix, that's that's mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I just think I give it. It's just like there's moderation and everything, right? I think you also, at the same time, don't want to get caught on the other side of the spectrum because I think we're programmed oftentimes, like especially living out in LA, it's like go, 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 right? And like it's like we're we're on this train of capitalism of like you know yeah. money, money, make it make it to the top, you know. And I think that's another trap in itself. It's super difficult to be like well balanced. And also like progressing forward. And that's why when I, when you started talking about, oh, 
I'm filled with joy and I do things that are incredibly uncomfortable. I go, yeah, let's, let's dive more into that. Cause I would, I, I want some more of whatever that is. Cause unless you're doing some sort of hack, like I'm gonna go take a whole bunch of, of meth and go and work out at three in the morning. Yeah. You know, I could, I could see that putting someone in the mindset of like, ah, probably not great after a couple months of that. Um, and so part of that is I'm always curious is on that inner dialogue, on that inner conversation of as you're going through something, you're like, okay, I know this is going to suck. But I'm going to do it because I know it's going to suck. But I know afterwards I'm going to feel good about it, a.k.a. yoga or, you know, going to do something hard. You know, that's why I was, I was just curious about that, that how do you gut check yourself? How do you find those internal triggers? How do you get yourself to do something you don't want to do, but you know you should do? You know, how do you have that, that inner, right. inner conversation? Because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, you know. And also same thing with like, how you talk about right. being vulnerable and talk, asking for help because that's the things that I think would be useful. Yeah. But I think there's, there's a pattern, right? I think for when you don't feel like doing something that you know you should do, but you get up and do it anyways, right? That actually, that gives you confidence yeah. in yourself. Yeah. You know, it, it gives you motive. It gives you momentum, which then leads to other things. So it creates this entire ripple effect and you start to feel good about yourself. You're like, Oh, I'm actually like doing what I'm saying yeah. I'm going to do, or I want to do, you know? And so there's, there's, it's, that's really, I guess, <laughs> It's yeah, no, man, I, uh, I, I agree. There's that, that view you have on yourself that like view that anybody has on themselves. It's like a lot of times we're social creatures. Like for me, I'm, I definitely feel more powerful. Like I'm more motivated if like, I got to go to an, a, like a, a group workout and I know there's eight of my friends counting on me and they can't start unless I get there. Like I will be there, right? I will, I will be there because I don't want to mess with everyone else's day. And so I will go out of my way for that. If I'm like, well, Dylan, I'm going to get there when the sun doesn't come up because I want to. Like, it's just, I, 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 it's funny. Like, I will, I am more concerned with the other people and not like ruining their day than I, mm. than I have this view of myself. But then it's, it seems like there's certain things like over time, like not doing it for other people, but doing it for yourself is the greater benefit. But getting that momentum, it's easy. Like other people's social pressure, you don't need a lot of momentum. Like all you need to know is that everyone's counting on you. And if you don't show up, everyone's going to know about it. And they're going to post it on Facebook sure. and you're going to look bad. <laughs> I mean, but that's just like, right. It's like, it's just holding yourself accountable. Right. Yeah. So like when other people hold you accountable, it's easier. So like, here's a little like hack that I used to do. And I used to have a board of advisors. Like mm. this is all makeup my mind. Right. But yeah. it's my own personal board of advisors. And I would literally have an alarm go off my phone three times a day, you know, morning, afternoon, evening, and it would be a check-in board of advisors meeting. And it was like, am I like in this moment, would I give myself a raise or would I fire myself? Hmm. And so like, and it was just a really cool little like, Oh, okay. And so I started doing that, man. It, it just, the results are awesome. Cause it's just, keeps you real right no it's like really good that's a really good check that's a really really good check you're like no it really is that's a a really uh (laughs) hacky but useful technique to be like Uh, all right the boss of me looking down at me uh are you slepping i I know it's i know what you've been doing lately Mm, i'm gonna gonna demote you a little bit or hey great job man you you did the best you can that's that's a pretty cool but it's 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 extremely important i think this is extremely important um that when the times that you aren't living up to, you know, your potential, you're not being in integrity with yourself. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, like 
love on yourself, you know, don't beat yourself up. And this is where that balance things comes into play. Right. And this is what I think we all struggle with. It's like, where, where does that balance, you know, it's, 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 it's a challenge. Totally, man. It's, but I think that's, but I think if you want to live like a life, you know, I think if you want to live an extraordinary life, that's, that's going to be something you wrestle with your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, living up to your highest potential, but not beating yourself up along the way. Right. Cause it can get, yeah. it can get messy and ugly and erotic and it's not, and again, you're not, you're not creating a, a, a joyous mindset, which I, I, I agree with you is like one of the vibes I've always gone from you is like, I always feel like you're having a good time. I and mean, one of the things like when I met you the first time, I was like, <laughs> this fool, I don't even know what he does, but he sounds like he's gonna be a great, great conversation to have a, a, a thing with you. Just, just, you, just, just from our general conversations as it always having a good time. Um, and also, yeah, I feel like you, you've got, uh, interesting shit to say, but you don't take yourself too serious. Um, and that's one of the things I want to talk on is I, I've noticed you, you take a lot of, um, backside nudity, uh, photos of yourself on, uh, Instagram, uh, throughout the world. Um, uh, yes, uh, yes. We'll call, uh, uh, bear, um, uh, bear butt, I guess is what you call it. Bear button it. Is that, is that a term? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, I, for, that's just like a fun little thing I started when I was traveling actually. And yeah. there's so many more to come. In fact, thank you for reminding me. I got so many to get up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have this, you know, I don't remember when it began. It was before, I think it, I don't think it was, it might've been Machu Picchu. Maybe no, I think it was like a little bit before that, but uh, yeah, I have this thing where every time I, I definitely at like a modern, you know, wonder of the world um or just any just stunning place where people it's like just this completely photogenic opportunity i love to just get naked yeah that's a- it's just something really <laughs> freeing and liberating i don't know why like it's just one of my quirks i love getting naked and we're just gonna see people's reactions because they tell you don't do it. like we're at the top of like in machu picchu where there's another have you ever been uh i've been to peru but i was in the i was in the 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 down below side in the jungles but i wasn't at machu picchu so like in Machu Picchu, there's another mountain called Hawaiina Picchu. Mm-hmm. And once you get on top of that, you have the ability to look down on Machu Picchu, which is really incredible. And like when you get up there, it's just, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, I don't know. What goes in my, in my head is just like, this would be really awesome looking down naked right now. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's, and there's so many people around me. And like there's a security guard and everything. I'm just like. You know, like whatever. I don't know. It's just like this weird, you know, it's funny because I don't really, you know, people reflect this stuff back at me and I, I don't really think about it too much sometimes. There's another like fun thing I do where it's like I go on, if I'm going on a plane, I'm always the last person to board. And there's a reason for that. And typically, well, I'll just give an example. When I was flying from Israel to Hong Kong once. It's a big flight. And I was in the airport asking him how much this, you know, upgrade was. Mm. At that point before the flight was ten thousand dollars. You know, I'm just like, well, I'm certainly not paying that. And so I waited and I was the last person on the flight. And when I walked in, there's a just a perfectly seat like right there in first class, you know, and I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm gonna sit in that thing. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like and next thing you know, I'm, and like I'm getting the hot towel and the champagne. I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, how long is it going to be till they catch me? <laughs> and next thing you know, it's like wheels up. Here we go. And I'm like, I sat in first class the entire way. It was just like, wow. And but I think this, and this also is like a, a metaphor for life, right? Like sometimes 
it's not necessarily a sense of entitlement. It's pushing, you know, pushing the boundaries a little bit. Yeah. And it, so like, and, and even now I get complaints all the time and I will still do this. And you, you're, you're going to get caught sometimes, but it's about how you respond to it. You could either be like, oh man, like you caught me with a big smile on your face and then go to the back. Or you could like see like, oh, like be all shameful. You know, it's like, nah, like have fun with it. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of like the serenity prayer of you're like, you're like, you're, you're volunteering to go last, right? You're like, hey, I, I, I'm going to accept, you know, whatever, whatever happens on the, on this last part of the thing, right? But then you, you have the wisdom to say, hey, I did go last and it just so happens to say that there's this front row seat. So I'm going to have the courage to take it. And then you jump in, you take it. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, right. Now I'm here. Let's yeah, see what let's see who catches yeah. me, right? And it's 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 <laughs> playful, right? And, and you know, so many things is it's not necessarily no one really cares about, you know, like with, with the stewardess and everybody else. I mean, whether you paid for that seat or you didn't pay for that seat, it's like how did that interaction go? Did you make that stewardess feel like, you know, she was being a bitch and it was her fault and she doesn't understand how rough you had it and your day so bad? Or if it was like Ah, you're like, I got two words for you. Come on. You know, like, exactly. I, I, I totally get it, man. That's, and that, but that's, again, it's like, to me, those sound like, when you talk about, like, give me an example, when I asked you, I'm like, give me an example of a situation where you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, but you still have that joyous mindset. It's, mm-hmm. to me, that is an example of, of, of something like that. It's like these little micro challenges of pushing the social norm and going, it sounds like the, if if I were to say to you, if if I was the internal narrator in you, I, I feel like you're one of the the writing prompts that goes through your head before you make a decision is, wouldn't it be awesome if? I feel like that is a a narrative like, <laughs> wouldn't it be awesome if I guys got naked on this thing right here? Wouldn't it be awesome if I got to keep front row the entire time while going last? Wouldn't it be uh, awesome? It's it's like slightly socially taboo, but at the situation, it's it's a victimless crime. You're not really hurting anybody, um, and so I it it I I I I'm enjoying that vibe. I can totally see kind of like not necessarily the same same. Um, company but amber crombie and fitch is notorious for having half naked men uh as their models <laughs> even though that they have cl- these clothing lines as i could picture turn up your awesome being a, a whole bunch of hashtags of butt shots in all these famous places uh even though you have uh, apparel and other types of items that are available for purchase um you know it's funny because i'm sitting here brainstorming yeah. like we want to i want to start a turn up your awesome challenge like you yeah. know people got the ice bucket challenge yeah. or the push-up challenge I'm, you can have a turn up your awesome challenge maybe that could be yeah it. it sounds like it and if i was if i was to do the imperil business um which a long time ago i did and it didn't didn't work well at all but they uh i would i would picture assless chaps for turn up your awesome I think that would be the the turn up your awesome, you know, main main staple. You know, maybe possibly some tearaway ones. Like you have like tearaway like like stripper shorts, right? You tear them away, and then you have the assless chaps underneath. It's like a one two, like ready to go party combo. You know, that's just it sounds like you're ready to hop in there. <laughs> sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> well, Let's do it. What's also it's very hard to like. It's very hard to take like a, a like be serious, you know, and and like with like having a butt photo, right? It's it's very hard to like have like I'm in a serious mindset, right? And so I definitely like the the spot where it's like it's a combination of 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 risky, 
right? Victimless, but risky, uh, vulnerable mm-hmm. and courageous. And I think that that combination uh, is kind of what, if I would say, what is those situations and also creative, right? So you're, you're looking for creative places to take a little risk, to put it out there, to be a bit vulnerable, right? And have some mm-hmm. fun with things. Cause you know, it's not like, no one's going to look at like a photo and be like, that's, you know, it's not like full frontal nudity, which is a bit like leaves a bad yeah. taste in someone's mouth. A butt shot's yeah. pretty funny. You see like a, like a little, like a little naked kid running away with no clothes on, um, you know, because, <laughs> and they just don't want, they just want to be free. Like that, that right there makes someone giggle. If you see the, just the backside of like, like little baby butts just running off yeah. into the distance and the mom chasing them, you're like, run kid, run, you can do it. Be free. Right. So that's the, <laughs> I don't know. I think that would be the, uh, like, I don't know if I was going to like an inner spirit child, that's the the vibe I'm getting, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's that inner child. Yeah. Oh, dude. yeah it's, it's, I love it, man. It's, I, I love how you're, you know, just dissecting it. I think it's, I think it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm really not the best at doing that. I just sort of like be and do mm-hmm. and like the people around me, Mm. like yourself, you know, reflect it back at me and break it down. And I'm like, Oh wow. Cause people are like, dude, you should do like, you know, be a playfulness coach or you should do this. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, but I don't know the systems, you know, I just do it. So I need someone to like break those things down for me. A natural. Yeah. There's, I mean, everyone's got different like things that they skill at and, you know, crutches tend to turn into capes. And so, you know, I think my analytical side comes from the, um, being a younger brother and, like looking at the way people do things and trying to deconstruct them and understand them better as like a, as like a survival mechanism. So that's probably part of my background is like looking at like how that, like what, like what allows you to do what you do kind of thing. And then how do I understand that into a point of, um, because you know, some people analyze and then they'll figure it out, then they'll jump in and other people just show up and be like, I'm here. What's up. Right. Um, there, that does work. And that is, and there is a lot of, um, genuineness in it, which I think is really awesome. You know, um, it's just not a, it's not nothing I've been necessarily great at doing. And so I think we all, you know, we all do those types of things and you have a natural, uh, playfulness that's come about you. And you can, you can do that as much as someone like me who reads way too many books and maybe doesn't apply as many as I should, you know? Um, so it's just, you know, they're different, different things, but to me more than anything is, whether it's fitness, mental health, entrepreneurship, whatever you want to say it is, you you want a coach of someone who does something that inspires you. So if someone is really physically fit, they got huge muscles, they should be your fitness coach if that's what you want. And you just figure out what they do. Now mm-hmm. not everybody's great at teaching, but they can figure it out. So to me it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about the fact that you you haven't gone to school and you don't have a degree in this and this kind of stuff. Cause I don't have a degree in any of this stuff. Um, and the degree I have in that no one's ever checked on. I've never really had anybody ever ask me about my degree <laughs> in entrepreneurship. And they're like, well, are you sure you can open that business up? You don't have a degree. It's never been a thing. So I would uh. I wouldn't I wouldn't even think about the fact that you don't have education, if you're already doing cool shit that people enjoy, um, you know, and you, and I, I could see you being a playfulness coach or a, uh, um, you know, uh, being productive, but also being playful as like, um, like a, a flow coach kind of thing, that kind of thing. I could definitely, I could definitely see you doing mm-hmm. something like that. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let your, your lack of quote unquote book knowledge stop you from, you know, uh, uh, doing like your, I, 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 I can't put it any other way than an intuitive um, 
kind of like a entrepreneur. Like you feel things and you're like, this, this feels right. And then you go in. So as you can tell, I probe into those feelings, trying to understand mm. kind of what, what makes you tick because that's just, I like these conversations. They're, they're fun and they're insightful and they're, and I, and I wouldn't move to Tel Aviv and jump into burning buildings, even though I, you know, no matter how much tail <laughs> it would, it would offer me. So I, I very much respect the fact that your, your willingness to jump in and, 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 uh, go all crazy. Cause it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's fun, man. And I can, I can tell you're having fun with it, you know, and it makes other people want to like gravitate around that. So it's really cool, dude. Uh, thanks. Yeah. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and find you, um, how should they reach out to you? If they, if they want you to be their playfulness coach, how, how should they contact you? Uh, could shoot me an email. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just do a drew at turnupyourawesome.com. Drew at turnupyourawesome. Uh, Although I, although I, I do hesitate to give the site out right now because there's there's just yeah there's a there's a terrible website up right now that sure. does not represent uh, what we've done. I should do another email. Sure. <laughs> yeah, hit me up at Drew at turnupyourawesome.com. Okay, great. Yeah, and nothing. There's no better lag in the sand, at least for me personally, is making a giant online announcement to people. And knowing it's not ready. It's like it's like inviting your friends over while your house is still messy. You're like, oh shoot, I gotta yeah. fix everything quick. Right? It's so uh, very motivating. Um, Drew, thank you so much for your time, brother. Um, I appreciate all you're doing. Um, I, I love the idea of, of Turn Up Your Awesome and, and all that it represents. And uh, at any point in time that you you get the website done or you're or you you're, you're starting to launch um, uh, a campaign around turn up your awesome or anything else um, hit me up I'd love to do this again and and promote what you got amazing thank you Dylan thanks you're awesome you too brother take care I'll see you Sweet later day. bye to you thank you for listening to the podcast if you have any comments suggestions or feedback on how to improve the podcast I would cherish that please give me an email or shout out at Dylan at heroesofreality.com that's d-y-l-a-n at heroesofreality.com stay strong young adventures until next time